I'm going to encourage you to, or invite you to have your Bibles open to Mark chapter 7. Uh, Mark chapter 7, we're going to be finishing the chapter. Uh, we've been going through what's known as the gospel uh, of Mark, and today we're in just a few verses at the end of chapter 7. So verse 31, it says, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon, where he was last, well, last week when we were talking about earlier in Mark chapter 7. He went down to the Sea of Galilee, to the Decapolis, the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him, they pleaded with him to place his hand on the man. And after he took the man aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears and he spit and touched the man's tongue and he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, he said, Apatha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. And Jesus commanded him not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, they kept talking about it. And people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. Even he makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So here's what we're doing over these few weeks. We're thinking about vision, and we're thinking about the vision here at Hope Church. So if you're new, this is a great week, a uh, great couple weeks to be here, because we're talking about what are the priorities here at Hope Church. Every local church has priorities. And here at Hope Church, we kind of define our priorities by three words, find, experience, and share. Find, experience, and share hope. That, that, that kind of, those three words define the priorities and what we do, what's important to us, what, how do we use our resources, our time, our facility, our volunteers, how do we, what is our posture towards our community? These three words influence what we do here at Hope. And, and vision, it's important to talk about vision because we can forget. We can forget priorities. We talked about last week, we set New Year's resolutions and how many of us nine years Years, excuse me, nine years, nine months later, remember. And the next thing you know, we're eating that package of Oreos that we said, I'm not going to eat that package of Oreos every night. But, but, but we forget. And so we're reminding ourselves what is important to us here at Hope Church. We talked about fine last week. The sermon's on our website if you want to listen to it. And today we want to think about this word experience. What does it mean for us as a church community, as followers of Jesus, to experience hope? And when we talk about hope, it's not just optimism or positive thinking or uh, glass half full mentality. Uh, we're talking about a person. And we believe you can experience, a per you can have a relationship with a person. It's not just a, and we talk about it on a journey. It, it's a long walk. It's a walk with God, not a, just a one-time decision, although we do make a decision to follow Jesus, but it's a long journey. We experience this relationship, this long journey of walking with God. So what does that mean? And I believe today that this piece of our vision this priority of our vision is, from my perspective, is probably the most important. If I was to rate all those three words, I think experience is probably the most important because I believe we would all admit, if you and I have a positive experience about something, we are more willing to tell others about it. That's really the catalyst behind social media. I know we use it for a lot of different reasons, but one is I want people to know what I'm doing. 
the experiences, and we share posts, and we tweet tweets, and we, we send things out to let people know this is what I'm experiencing, and we want to tell others about it. Back in uh, early August, Lori and I had the opportunity to go see the musical Hamilton. Uh, some of you maybe got to go see it when I was here in Cleveland for a few months this summer. And I heard, you know, I talked to a number of people who went and read a lot of things online. And, you know, I heard that it's more than just a musical, but it's an experience. You're going to walk away change. You're gonna, you're, it's going to impact your li- how you think and how you look at life and people and just a lot of different things. I was like, well, you know, it's probably going to be a good show. That's about it. Friends, it was an experience. And I'm even talking to you about it today because of the experience I had. I I will never use a $10 bill the same way. If you don't know, Alexander Hamilton's on a $10 bill. And, you know, I looked at it and I heard his name and I I knew that he died uh, because of a duel. Him, uh, uh, Aaron Burr challenged Alexander Hamilton to a duel because they had a disagreement. So back then, if you disagree with somebody, he said, I'm going to, I challenge you to a duel. That's what they did. And that's Alexander Hamilton died in that duel. And it's just fascinating that as you're watching through music and dialogue and character development and you are laughing hysterically one moment and then the next you are you're crying, you are weeping as you watch the life of Alexander, one of our founding fathers, who again, I knew was on the $10 bill, but other than that, it really didn't matter to me. But as you're watching his life unfold and it's this experience that you had and And I've told everyone I can about it because of it. I'm still processing the experience. We naturally tell people when we have a good or positive experience with any number of things. And I believe it's the same thing as we think about and talk about today, experiencing God, experiencing Jesus, walking with him. If this is real and and a part of our everyday lives, I believe naturally we will want to tell others and we'll get to the next of sharing it with others and helping others find hope. So today in, in Mark chapter seven, we're gonna watch someone experience hope and he's gonna tell other people because of what he experienced. But Mark chapter seven, this story doesn't start in Mark chapter seven. It actually starts a few chapters earlier when someone else had an experience and then told other people who told this guy. There's this natural flow as people experience hope. So let me just read again a few verses because Mark gives us a detail that he wants us to pay attention to which sends us back a few chapters earlier of someone else that experienced hope. So verse 31, again, it says, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon and went down to the Sea of Galilee, and this is an important detail, into the region of the Decapolis. We'll come back to that in a moment. And there some people brought to him a man who was deaf. He can't hear, and he could hardly talk. And they begged him, they pleaded with Jesus to place his hand on the man. What they want Jesus to do is heal this man. So Mark tells us Jesus was in the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon, went down through the Sea of Galilee, and now is in the region of the Decapolis. What the Decapolis is, is it's 10 cities. It's a region. It's on the, uh, be the eastern side, eastern, northern, and southern side of the Sea of Galilee. All those communities there, cities, villages, more likely, uh, there on the right side of the Sea of Galilee make up the Decapolis And Mark records this detail because he wants us to know this wasn't the first time Jesus was in this region. 
He was in this region, let's say, a few months ago. And that's where Mark chapter 5 was recorded. Jesus had a pretty interesting encounter with a man who the Mark chapter 5 tells us was possessed by, an evil, by evil spirits. We get the sense, based on the dialogue back and forth, it's probably more than one. It could be upwards of a few thousand. And this guy is living on the outskirts of town. They've tried to, the town, the people that live there have tried to chain this man up to control him. But he's, because of probably the demonic uh, possession or uh, oppression in his life, he is so strong. He's breaking the chains. He's not wearing any clothes. He's out in the tombs there and he's taking sharp rocks, we're told in Mark 5, and he's cutting himself. He's harming himself. And basically, they're like, let's get this guy out of here. We can't do anything. He's negatively impacting our community. Let's get him out. And Jesus shows up in Mark chapter 5 in the Decapolis, this region. And he has this encounter with this man. And this man, because of the power Jesus has, is set free. And the people come back, they come out to the town, they come out to where he's at, and it says the man is in his right mind, he's wearing clothes, he seems calm, they can talk to him, and they know something has happened. And the, what, has, what it causes the, the, the response in the town, the people that live there, is they want Jesus to leave. <laughs> They're afraid of this guy. So they, another thing, when he sent the demons out of this man, they went into pigs and the pigs ran off and uh, ended up in water and drowned. So he's probably ruined a lot of their livelihood too. So they're asking Jesus to leave. And then there's this interesting exchange before Jesus gets on a boat and leaves this region between Jesus and this formerly demon-possessed man. In Mark chapter 5, it says this, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, which makes sense. He's an outcast. He's been rejected probably by his family and friends, his entire community, and he's like, I want out of here. I want to go with you. Wherever you're going, take me with you. And it seems like a, a good ask. And you would even think for, for Jesus' sake, like imagine if this guy with this amazing story, this amazing testimony goes with Jesus. It almost makes sense. Like, let this guy travel with you, Jesus. So before you speak, he kind of warms up the crowd with his testimony. Tell him what I did for you. And then Jesus gets up to speak. But instead, Jesus says this. Jesus did not let him go, did not let him come with him. But instead, he says, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much, how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away. He did what Jesus asked him, told him to do. The man went away and began and began to tell where in the Decapolis, the same place Jesus is now, began to tell in, this, in that region how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. This is, the, this is the crazy guy who lived on the outside of town that you didn't go near, that the, that the kids heard stories about growing up. And now he's in his right mind. Now he doesn't need to be chained up. 
What an amazing impact. And this guy just tells people. And now, let's say, and again, we don't know exactly how the time frame, but let's just say six months later, Jesus shows up back in the Decapolis, a place where they basically said, you need to get out of here, Jesus. But now, they're, because of that man's testimony, I think, because of his experience of hope, because of his encounter with Jesus, he's told people, so now when Jesus comes to this region, they're saying, heal this guy. They're welcoming him. They're not saying, get out of here, but they're saying, we have some sick people. We want you to put your hand on them and heal them. And it's even interesting how this sets up next week. Again, when the crowd, uh, the, the people there said, don't, like, you need to get out of here. Next week, we're going to watch Jesus feed a crowd of 4,000 plus in this region. And it brings to light the significance, and this is kind of a side note, but it brings to light even the significance of what Jesus talked about earlier in Mark when he says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed. What do you think that seed's going to do? Is it really going to produce anything? A demoniac? Really? He's the one you're going to use? He's the one you're going to work through? Him? He doesn't know anything about the Bible. He just never done, he just, he's not a leader. He's not an organizer. He, he can't do all these things, but the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And the kingdom of God transforms a demoniac into an incredible evangelist so that when Jesus comes back to this region, they're bringing the sick to Jesus and there's thousands of people who Jesus is going to feed because of that little seed of one life that's been changed and him experiencing hope. And it's spilling over into other people's lives. The importance of experience. So now we come to our story today. In this region, verse 33, this man again is deaf. He's, he's mute, can hardly talk. They bring him to Jesus and they're asking him to heal. In verse 33, it says, uh, after... After he, took him, after he took him aside, away from the crowd, he put his fingers into the man's ears. That's strange, isn't it? We haven't seen Jesus do this before. Like, is he giving him a wet willy? Like, what's the... Some of you are like, what's a wet willy? Like, if you don't know what a wet willy is, you can see me after the service. We can, uh, we can talk about that. No, I mean, so, so remember, like, I, I, I don't want to make light of it. I did make light of it, but, but there's a significant, like, remember, he can't hear Jesus. He's deaf. He can't hear him. So Jesus, I think, in a way, as he puts his fingers in his ears, is saying, I'm going to do something to your ears. Right now, you can't hear in them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to them. And then it says in, in verse 33, then he spit. And touch the man's tongue. Now, I wish Mark gave us a little more detail there. Did he spit on his hand and then touch the tongue? Did he spit on his tongue? Did he just spit? This isn't the only spitting miracle. Uh, you should know that. There's actually three of them uh, recorded in the New Testament for us. This one, we'll have one in a few weeks of Jesus, and he never does the same. That's the thing about Jesus. He never heals someone the same way. We have another one in a few weeks where he, he's going to spit on a, on a person's eyes a blind person's eyes. We have one recorded for us in, in, in John where he spits on the ground and makes some mud and then puts the mud on, on the man's eyes. It's interesting. What, what do you think it'd be like this being this man, having this as part of your testimony? Like he's telling people like 
months later. So he spit. He spit? Yeah, he spit. (laughs) There is a significance, I think, to this, that in this context, in the first century, there were healing prop, they were were considered to be healing properties in saliva. So there's something to this. Jesus just isn't doing something kind of off the wall. But there's there's significance with healing, with saliva, healing properties in saliva. There was a belief of that. So that's what takes place there. And, And he looked up to heaven. And with a deep sigh, he says, apatha, which means be opened. His ears are not, he says, be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak. He could talk to them plainly. And it says, this is interesting. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. Don't tell people what has happened to you. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. And people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. That point I want to drive home. But the more he did so, the more he said, don't tell people, the more they did it. It's like when you tell your kids, don't run. And they run as fast as they can. It's like they do the opposite. And Jesus is saying, don't tell people. Wonder me why, and there's always this tension of Jesus, his identity being known, and when's the right time, and and but Jesus telling them not to tell, but but because I think because of the overwhelming experience that they had, this man and maybe the friends that were with him that brought him to Jesus just can't stop telling people about what he's done. It's interesting to note that both men, going back to chapter 5, the demoniac, the man who was possessed by all those evil spirits, and now this man who was deaf and mute is now can hear and can speak, both men told what Jesus had done for them. Naturally. And Jesus is almost trying to stop this one man and group from telling people. But they have to keep telling people. And that demoniac, Jesus says, go and tell. And naturally, he just shares his story. Why? Because of the experience that they had with Jesus. So what did they experience? I believe we can, we can summarize what both these men experienced in just two words. Freedom and healing. The man was possessed by evil spirits. They were negatively influencing his life. He was harming himself. He was probably having a hard time being in community with other people. They were influencing him in in a negative way. And in a moment, this man is set free. This man is sick. He can't hear. He struggles to communicate. And in a moment, he's healed. And when we read stories like this, obviously we can learn about this specific experience and what happened. But I don't think we're to look at it and say, well, that's not my experience, so I can't learn anything from that. But I believe stories like this and so many others are included in the New Testament Because Jesus is still a God who wants to set people free and to bring healing into their lives. You might say, wait a minute, let's talk about freedom. Like, I I might not be, I'm not possessed by thousands of evil spirits or unclean spirits, so I can't relate. But I wonder today, what are the negative influences that are still in your life that are negatively influencing how you view yourself and how you view others, maybe even how you view God? That Jesus still today wants to set you free. Let's talk about a few. Let's talk about shame. Shame and guilt are similar, but they're different. 
Guilt is, I've done something wrong and I feel guilty about it. That's a good response when we do things that we shouldn't. But shame is there's something wrong with me. And some of us right now, some here today, you are controlled, influenced in what I would say a negative way because of shame. Maybe it's shame in your body. Maybe it's shame because of something that has happened to you that you feel was your fault, that wasn't your fault, but you are still being influenced, even if it happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. There's shame in parent. There could be shame in parenting. There's something wrong with us as parents, like us. And you're caring. That's negatively influencing you. What about our past? We have a few different perspectives of our past. I don't even want to think about my past sometimes. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. But I, but I believe if we're honest, we would all know, even if something happened 30 years ago, it can still be influencing us today. And again, I don't think we look at our past or just focus our whole lives on our past. But friends, if there are issues or events or circumstances or relationships from our past that are still influencing us in a negative way, I believe Jesus wants to set us free from those. So we look back in order to go forward. What about addictions or lies? Lies you believe about yourself, believe about God, believe about others. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. But I believe to help us get a sense, we might not have thousands of evil spirits in us influencing us in a negative way, but are there things in our lives that we, Jesus wants to experience hope and bring freedom? What about healing? Again, we might be able to hear with our ears and speak with our mouths. Our circumstances are not the same as this man in, in Mark chapter 7, but are there issues or struggles that we need healing from? Are there wounds? Things people have said to us that impact how we view ourselves, how we view others. What about relational healing, emotional healing, physical healing? These are all things I believe that Jesus still wants to bring into our lives today. Now, let's be honest. We look at these two stories of Mark 5 and Mark 7, and in a moment, one man was set free, and in a moment, one man was healed. And I don't know about you, but I want the moment. I want that instantaneous Jesus, here's something I'm struggling with. Here's shame. Here's, here's, a, here's some wounds. Here's a relational issue that in a moment I want you to fix. And many times we pray that in earnest, so we want him to do it. And, and sometimes it happens. But many times it doesn't. But we have stories like this. So what do we do with that? What do we do with this journey of freedom and healing? as it relates to experiencing hope. Well, we have to remember what helps me in those moments, how I reconcile that, is when we read, when we read, we read Mark chapter 7 and Mark chapter 5, we are reading about the moment. What we're not reading about are the years leading up to that moment. And I believe many times for us, as it relates to experiencing greater freedom, from addictions, from sins, from shame, from wounds, healing, whatever it might be. Many times those are journeys. And it doesn't happen in the moment, but it happens over the journey, over a period of time. 
but are we willing to walk that journey? I believe this text also outlines the road ahead for us if we're going to experience this more and more. It's interesting to note that Jesus took the man aside. He didn't do it in the crowd. He didn't, he didn't want this man to kind of be a show, to, so to speak, or, uh, with those there. But he, he's in the crowd, but he says, come over here. Let's, let's get away from the crowd. There's individual care and attention. And I believe Jesus wants to care for you and I as individuals. Yes, he cares for the crowds. He sees the crowds, but he also sees you and I as individuals. And he wants to intimately and uniquely care for whatever the, the issue, the struggle, the circumstance in our lives, because we are all unique people. He wants to take us aside. Jesus healed this man in a unique way. He didn't do this before. This is different. Jesus, that's so, what's so interesting about Jesus, the way he heals people is different every single time. There's not a pattern. He's not doing it the same way. But uniquely, he puts his fingers in this man's ears. He spits, touches the man's tongue, and speaks and prays. And other times, he does something different. Jesus healed this man in a unique way. And as we think about the journey ahead for us as it relates to healing and greater freedom in our lives, we have to realize our journey will be unique. We can watch other people's journeys, but sometimes we can say, I want, what they I want God to do in my life what he did in their lives. And it might happen, but it might also happen in a very unique way that's different than what you watch your friends go through. And then lastly, this man was brought to Jesus with the assistance of friends. I'm assuming it doesn't tell us, but I'm reading into that, that there was some relationship with these people that brought this man to Jesus. This man, the sense is this man couldn't get to Jesus alone. And I believe there's a sense, it's raising the importance of community that you and I need the assistance of others, trusted friends that can help us get to Jesus to experience greater freedom and healing in our lives and experiencing Hope. Here at Hope Church, we have some values that kind of shape how we follow Jesus. One of those values, I think it connects with what we're talking about today, is formation. And here's how we define formation. It's the lifelong journey. It's not just transformation um, of our lives, becoming more like Jesus, doesn't just happen in the moment. But it happens over the lifetime of being transformed, of becoming more like him. So we're talking about this journey, this, this walk, if you will, of being transformed, changed more and more into the image of Jesus, the character of Jesus. Why? For the sake of other people, for the sake of others. It's not just about us. For this man being set free from thousands of demons, it wasn't just about him. For this man being... Um, his ears opened and his tongue loosened. It wasn't just about him. But what Jesus did in their lives was also for the sake of other people. And I believe the same is true for us today as we today experience greater freedom and healing on this lifelong journey of being coming more like Jesus. It's happening in us so it spills over into our circles of influence, our homes, our neighborhoods, our relationships, our friendships, all those places and all those people. I believe we all know that experiencing something firsthand helps us understand it more, appreciate it more, 
talk about it more. I could give you any number of instances in my own life where I have made judgment calls about certain activities or sports, and then I tried them. Let me just give you one. Swimming. Uh, our, our daughter, our oldest, swims uh, for the Brunswick High School swim team, and so we go to a lot of practices, or watch the end of practices, and then swim meets, and, you know, I'm up there watching, and it's happening, and, you know, the pool looks a lot smaller from where you view the events take place, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that looks like good exercise, and it can't be that hard. It's just swimming. So we're at a pool one day, and um, there's lanes set up, and I got my goggles, and I'm like, I'm just going to do some laps. Just a little bit of exercise, back and forth. Friends, I barely made it down to the end one time. I'm like gasping for air. I'm, I'm getting ready to signal to the lifeguard. I need help. I have a whole new appreciation for when I watch competitions on TV and watch my daughter and her teammates and many others. Like, it is hard. And you can, we, we, make these, we can make these judgment calls, but until we experience something, it helps us be able to ex- talk about it and share with even others about it. And I believe the same is true as we think about experiencing God, experiencing hope and walking with God. Sometimes following Jesus can become all about one day a week, one hour a week, and that's it. And that's never what Jesus intended. Jesus intended he came to bring us hope and to walk with us over our lives and to bring greater freedom and to bring healing into our lives until the day we die and go to be with him. So the question I want to leave with you today is, so are you experiencing hope today? Are you experiencing hope? And as we wrap up, I'm going to invite our worship team and just as we sing this song, we did this last service, and I just want to do it again at this service. I just want to give you, invite you, if you feel a need, you feel led to come even here to the front as we've talked about some things of freedom and healing in your life. There's nothing super special about the front of our sanctuary. It's some steps. It's a platform. But it can be a place, an altar, that you can meet with God. And it can be a place that, like this man, you kind of get away from the crowd. And maybe just listen. Maybe you pray. Maybe you begin to acknowledge some things that you realize are negatively impacting you. That, And maybe it's a long list and you're overwhelmed by that. Maybe just think of one. Think of healing. You're like, man, where do I begin? Maybe just think of one. Or maybe some circumstances have surfaced some things, even just this week in your life. And you're wondering, why did that all surface all of a sudden? Maybe the Holy Spirit's behind that. And he's surfacing these issues or relational struggles or tensions or emotions that you haven't experienced in a long time. Pay attention to that. That's the Spirit of God inviting us on this journey to follow him and experience hope. So would you stand? I'll pray and we'll sing and you respond as the Spirit will lead you. So God, thanks for these stories. Thanks for Mark. Um, chapter 7 and chapter 5, these, these men, he transformed their lives and their willingness just naturally to tell other people. So God, would we experience hope in a greater way? Even this morning, would maybe this morning be a beginning for some? A walking in greater freedom, healing? Maybe talking to someone, relying on other people? So God, would you just help us experience hope that is found in you more and more? 
And we pray these things in your name. Amen.